Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that offers a wide variety of non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products that will make you feel nourished inside and out. And for our local to Los Angeles listeners, Milk and Honey has the most beautiful spa that just opened. I recently had a massage at their brand new Brentwood, Los Angeles location, and I really recommend it. We are so happy that Milk and Honey spas are now in LA after being the go-to spa with multiple locations in Texas. They offer facials, body treatments, massages, and lots more at their beautiful new space. Yes, I am about to book a treatment too, and I can't wait to check it out. I'm just so happy to have a spa that I can fully trust in our area now. And for all of our listeners, their online boutique offers products from the Milk and Honey line and from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Some of our favorite products include Milk and Honey's baking soda-free, aluminum-free deodorant, and lavender tea tree, which I have been exclusively using for years. And I also love Milk and Honey's gel cleanser and Osea's body oil and Vegas nerve oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. If you want to try milk and honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CW podcast, one word at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of Courageous Wellness. And we have such a good episode with Kelsey Abbott, all about human design. It is, we go way deep into human design. I feel like we've done one human design episode before that was really good and really covered all the basics. And we still cover basics in this, but um, we go a little bit deeper. So if you do know your chart, um, you know, this will be great. If you don't know your chart, you can find that 
on Kelsey's website and it might make things make more sense as we go along. But before we get into our great episode with Kelsey, um, we're going to share our weekly updates and what's going on with us. And, um, something I'm really excited to talk to you about, uh, Allie is Emily in Paris. We haven't really <laughs> talked about it, but I've seen it all over social media. I don't know if any of our listeners have watched it. They probably have, but you know, I love it just based on the fact that I love Paris and it's so like visually beautiful to watch the show take place in my favorite city. Um, but yeah, like I spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it and don't I guess we're not going to really spoil, but I'm just going to say, I hate Gabriel. I think Gabriel is the worst. I think they're making him like a Mr. Big since it's the, um, it's the same people who did sex in the city, but yeah, it's just it's like, Star. there's nothing like, yeah, he's really hot, but that's about it. Like to be he's honest, kind of an asshole. I feel that kind of, I feel that way about like every character on the show. I don't like it. Like it's fun to watch. And I did watch it because, you know, it's all this like fashion. And like you said, it's like really like beautiful, but like, it's not a good show. Sorry. Unpopular <laughs> opinion. I mean, I, I, I watched it, it. You know, it's like, um, there's. There, it's like there's it's good campy. bad and there's bad yeah. bad. Well, I so I think it's, it's like good, good bad. It's campy. It's, it's bad. I I just I love it. I really do love it. Except for but you can't say that it's like a good oh, show. No. You love it because no. it's like like a fun guilty pleasure. Well, if it was like Emily in Chicago, I definitely wouldn't, you wouldn't be, watching. be watching it. Um, exactly. Yeah, and like you know, everyone's beautiful to look at, and the scenery is beautiful. But I think it's like I do hope. I know it just got renewed for seasons three and seasons four. I wish they would focus more on like the female friendships of it all, because that's the thing, like, and maybe this is where we're going to go into the spoiler alert. Cause I've seen things online about like, you know, at the end of season one, Emily and Gabriel slept together. And then she basically like lies about it for the first few episodes of the season. And then Gabriel's trying to get back with her, but he ultimately gets back with Comedian. His ex-girlfriend, his ex-girlfriend, or his girlfriend, yeah, and moves in. But I'm just like, if I was Emily, I'd be like, okay, this guy's hot and cool. But it's like, can we focus on like the female friendships of it all? Like this guy is an ass. Like he had a girlfriend for five years and was openly flirting with Emily the whole time, and then all of season two is trying to get back together with her, and then when she doesn't want to get back with him moves in with his ex-girlfriend with his ex-girlfriend who deserves so much better. I think that's the thing. It's like, and then what, is the, what like is the her? girlfriend doing too? She like blamed Emily. And then it's like, but old, she just wants the guy back. I don't know. It's just like, I just don't, that's, I think that's the part. Like, I just wish like, sorry, if any, if any writers on the show, are, I mean, clearly we, we watched it. So well, you don't I really just, care if, if, if there are any writers, I think season three, you should focus more on like the women and they're like, coming of age story. And, um, I like the of- other friend who I think her name is Ashley Park. She's a Broadway actress. Actually, she's yeah. a great voice and she sings in the show and she's my favorite. Cause she's the most fun. She's like the, the most fun character. I think, um, she plays this no, like, I Chinese her. heiress I the- who lost her fortune or something, but I love, yeah. like, I love the friendship. Like I loved when they went to San Tropez and they were all just like having fun. And like, I don't know, I guess because I can just like that, is I think, and just like that is like 
I mean, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to continue watching it, but I think what I miss about old sex in the city and the friendship, like, I think they could do that in Paris with Emily in Paris potentially. Um, but you know what I think, you know what I think my problem is, and this is just a me thing. I don't really connect to the Emily character Mm. at all. So I don't have, like, I don't really care what happens. I'm just like, you know, we talk about TV sometimes that it's fun, but I have more of an emotional history with the, and just like that characters and just like that character. So I care, like I'm more invested in that show. Well, the last thing, and then I'm going to make a real sharp left for the second thing (laughs) I've been enjoying this week, but, um, something that was interesting that I saw written online was the representation though, of Emily in Paris of like childbearing women and like women as mothers, because, um, Emily, right. Um, Lily Collins is 32 years old or 33. Um, and she, right. She's like the age of somebody who is like primed to have a child, but she is portraying, right. This like young, free, attractive woman. And then Kate Walsh, who is 54 years old, the way she's portrayed as like, the out of touch matronly mother. It was an interesting perspective. I forget. I must've saw it, seen it on Instagram somewhere just about how like women as like the maiden is always portrayed as like this beautiful, fun, free person. And then like the mother isn't right. Like Mm. women in childbearing years aren't, or they're like over the hill or out of touch or something. And it was just interesting because it was like, Emily is actually prime childbearing years and Kate Walsh isn't yet. They're portraying her as like the mom character. Mm, it was just interesting. interesting. I, um, I just thought that was interesting, but okay. Sharp left. Sharp um, left. I also, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I just reread it and I love it. And I'm going to reread it again because I swear it's changing my life is the book. You can heal your life by Louise Hay. And it was written in 1984, which I didn't know. Um, it is such a good, inspiring book about like taking control of your life and coming from a place of love, no matter what has happened to you. And actually Louise Hay, if you read about her, had like a very, very traumatic childhood and, um, ended up getting like stage four cancer and all this stuff. And I just really recommend this book and it, I read it before bed. I read a little bit before bed every night with some of my Buddhist reading. And so it's like, I have like a really nice nightly reading routine going on right now. Um, and a little Emily in Paris that basically is my <laughs> nightly routine to bring it all full circle. Um, but it's, I really think it's changing my perspective. And when I get stressed and when I get anxious, I just, I'm able to quickly change the conversation in my head. And mm-hmm. I really attested to reading this book right now. So I just wanted to That's share really cool. it because, um, it's really helping me. And it's like an intense read because she's basically like, it's in, like, she's intense. You know, she's yeah. like, you have to take full responsibility for your life in order to heal, even if like horrible things have happened to you. But, um, I really vibe with it. And so if you're looking for like some of that, like self work, self-help books, and you're, you're yeah. into that, I, I highly recommend it. And, um, I'm reading it again, like right away because I want it to soak in even more. 
Yeah. As, as we just quickly swap, um, what's on our reading list. Uh, I've been reading, I'm such a nerd, you guys, but that's not anything new. You know, for those who have been longtime listeners, you know, about my life and, and past life in, um, in musical theater and current life, I still do some when there's not a full global pandemic happening. Um, but I'm reading, the book called Putting It Together, which was written by James Lapine, who wrote, co-wrote with the composer, Stephen Sondheim, um, the musical Sunday in the Park with George, which is based on that uh, famous painting, um, Sunday in the Grand Jet. I can't say it. it's a full French name, but it's actually in the um, Museum of Art in Chicago. I've gotten to see it. It's it's the George Seurat painting where they're standing in the park with the, the woman with the parasol. Anyway, they created an entire musical about George Seurat and, and putting this painting together and his style of art, which was pointillism. And it's about the creative process of making this musical. And it was done in like 1981, I think the musical, 1982. And, um, but it's James having conversations like recently in the last few years with all the people he worked with um, to put it together. And there's a song in the show called Putting It Together. And it's about the show itself is about the creative process. It's about art. And I just find it like really inspiring, whether you're into theater or not. It's so interesting to remind ourselves when we know about a finished product of something, like a finished version of the show or a finished, um, it can be anything, you know, but the deep work and messiness and complexity and um, collaboration that goes behind the scenes of making anything, putting anything together. And it's such a good reminder, you know, that when we're all building towards something, whatever it is we're working towards, that it's never, you you never can know what can come out of that creative process. And it's not always, it's oftentimes not an easy process when you're in it, but deeply, deeply, can be deeply satisfying um, to do that kind of work. So it's cool. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds really good. Yeah. I, um, I've been like nasty. I've been in that reading mode, so I will definitely, definitely check that out. And, and last thing before we get to the episode is we also had the pleasure of being on Kelsey's podcast, the find your awesome podcast, um, at the end of last year. And, um, it actually, I feel like we've never done an episode. I know we've done some podcasts where we've talked, but we've never really done an episode. We went really deep into our own Buddhist practice and we really talked a lot about Buddhism on her episode. Kelsey's show. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, we're going to link that in the show notes. You can also check out her podcast and hear more about our stories and and I guess our relationship with Buddhism and human Mm -hmm. design. We talk more about human Mm -hmm. design on there as well, but, um, yeah, it was a good one. So should we get to the episode, Allie? Yes, absolutely. Today on the podcast, we have a really fun and informative conversation on human design with Kelsey Abbott. If you are new to human design, it is a blend of astrology, the I Ching, the Kabbalah tree of life, and the chakra system. There are five human design types, and today we go into so much more than just the basics. Kelsey unpacks the different types, and then we get specific. We talk about the profiles, emotional types, manifestation types, how human design can impact our eating, our strategies, and many more practical ways that human design can help in your own life. Kelsey also shares her beautiful personal journey to this work and answers so many of our questions. 
In addition to being a human design expert, offering one-to-one coaching, human design readings, and meditations, Kelsey has a background in science and psychology and also hosts the incredible podcast, The Find Your Awesome Podcast, which we had the pleasure of being on. She also completely quit all social media, and we dive into that at the end of our conversation today. If you don't know your human design type yet, you can head over to Kelsey's website, which you can find the link to in our show notes notes and get your free human design chart. We appreciate Kelsey for sharing her expertise and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Sakara with code XO courageous. We have been big fans of the company for years, and the Sakara Life Organic Meal Delivery Program is based on a whole food, plant-rich diet that includes fresh, nutrient-dense, and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks you need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakar cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit sakara.com and use code XOCourageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now on to the episode. This episode is brought to you by our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring our listeners and clients an all-access, accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual webinars, recipes, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit www.patreon.com slash courageous wellness, or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. Thank you so much for joining us today, Kelsey. We are excited to speak with you. I'm so excited to be here, you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. So to get us started, can you tell our listeners and us a little bit about your personal background and how that journey has taken you into the world of human design? Yeah. So I have an undergrad degree in psychology. I say that kind of as a like, let's put a pin in that. And then I uh, pursued a master's degree in marine biology. I studied marine mammal conservation. I studied killer whales for a while and like worked for the federal government, worked for NGOs, Then I felt like I was trapped in a cubicle because I was, and that was very much not for me. So I was offered a big promotion. I quit my job 
Like, in other words, I said, no, thank you to the promotion. And actually I'm out of here. And I started doing science writing, which is taking scientific papers and making them fun and accessible for normal humans. And I was also personal training, coaching swimming, coaching triathlon. I had a food blog, a science blog, and eventually found my way. Science writing was getting quieter. Funding kept getting cut. Actually, I had three big gigs come my way. So excited, like really big in the science writing community, which is very small. And back to back to back, they all got like, we're going to get you the contract in two weeks. And then, oh my goodness, we are so sorry. We just lost all our funding. And just when that happened, I noticed a post on Facebook, a friend of mine, not even a close friend, like an acquaintance of mine said that she was in life coaching school. I had never even heard of life coaching. And I reached out to her right away and was like, tell me all the things. And I think I was enrolled in the school a week later. So I became a certified professional coach, started my business, continued triathlon coaching actually for a couple of years. And then I started my podcast, the Find Your Awesome podcast in 2017. And it was when I was interviewing a guest on the podcast that I learned about human design. But all I really learned was what she said to me is, have you heard of human design? And I was like, no, is that like anatomy? And she like gave me no further information, except that she was like, you need to know what time you were born. I was like, okay, I know that. <laughs> and so that sent me on a not very inspired um mission to discover human design. And I found a place to pull up my chart, pulled up my chart. And then for anyone who's ever seen a human design chart, it doesn't actually help you that much. The first time you see it, you're just like, it is a profile of a human head wearing a tent and that tent and the head include a whole bunch of shapes and colors and lines and numbers. And there's numbers and like columns of numbers on the side and some labels. So all I got was, okay, I'm a manifesting generator. And didn't have any idea. Then I tried to like Google to find out what that meant. Didn't find anything that clicked for a few weeks. And then finally I read manifesting generators are warrior Buddhas. And I was like, oh, that like, that like rang, like actually resonated in my soul. And I was like, okay, there's something there. And that was the, just the breadcrumb I needed to go a little further and a little further and a little further. And I think it took me three weeks, sorry, three months to go all the way down the rabbit hole and be like, oh my God, I need to know everything. Just such a like hungry, hungry hippo to get all of the human design information. So I went on to become certified and it's just incorporated as part of my business now. Thank you for sharing your journey. I actually think it's so cool. And I'm sure so many people do that. You have this like science background that you have now merged with human design. And, um, yes, I love that you're a manifesting generator. Ali is a generator. I am a projector. And so quickly, in case this is anyone's first time hearing about human design, can you maybe break down what it is exactly and what the, I think there are five different types, correct? Yeah. And what those five. are. Yeah. Okay. So if we can start there. And then as we talked about before the episode, Ali and I have so many questions. We're very excited. Okay. So human design, the way I think of it is your little baby soul got called to earth school. And it was so excited because earth school is just like big learning opportunity. And so before it committed to coming down, it chose all of the gifts that you were going to need to be able to change the world in your very own unique way when you were here. And then it sealed the deal 
by choosing the exact time and place and date when you would be born. And then you're born and you know everything. Day one, you remember every little bit of your soul blueprint. And then day two, you forget it all. And that forgetting just keeps continuing until we learn about human design later on down the road. So there are, and technically human design is a combination of the chakra system, the Kabbalah tree of life and the I Ching and astrology. All those are part of it. So there are five different energy types and that the energy type defines how you dance with energy when you are here in earth school. So there's generators, manifesting generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. Generators are the most common. Reflectors are supposedly the least common, but I know a lot of them. So who knows? Um, let's start with the reflectors because re reflectors are, I call them disco balls of awesomeness. They are like meant to be in the center of the tribe. They reflect our wisdom back to us and our energy back to us. So if you want to feel really good about yourself, go hang out with a reflector and you come away being like, oh my God, they're so amazing and brilliant and exciting. Yeah. Yes, they are. And so are you projectors, Erica, you guys are, you're here to guide us and you take things that already exist and make them more effective and efficient. And you're here to share your wisdom, your big wisdom gatherer, and you're here to share it with the rest of us, as long as the rest of us are ready, <laughs> which we can talk about more about that in a bit. Manifestors, manifestors have really big auras, meaning their energy is really big and they're super powerful. Their mission on this planet in earth school right now is to own that power, not to ask other people their opinion or permission to do things, but just to do what they want to do and create movements in this, in this planet and generators. You guys are here to be super sparkly and lit up by doing what lights you up, Allie and all other generators. You guys are going to elevate the planet. You elevate the energy for everyone. You become so juicy, so magnetic, so irresistible. And manifesting generators are a hybrid of generators and manifestors. So we also are here to be super duper sparkly and we are here to own our power and we're here to play. We're here to do things. We're here to carve our own path and to do things that other people think is impossible and to do it with so much joy and play to show other people that that's possible for them as well. Thank you for that breakdown. That was really efficient, but also really like encompasses um, all five types. And it's just like easy to understand. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, and it's so interesting because the more I know, the more I learn and I'm super novice, but, um, the more interesting it is. And then you kind of want to have fun with like, Ooh, what's this person in my life? And what's this person in my life? And it's just, it's, that's like the fun part about it. Um, and as you said too, starting to tap into, you know, what, what our gifts are, what our own gifts are and what, what we, and how we function and what we're here to do. I love that you call it earth school. That's fun because Erica and I actually, we met through, um, our Buddhist practice that we both practice. And, um, it's how we originally met Erica's from a Buddhist family, but I came to the practice seven years ago and, um, it's not dissimilar to like in Buddhism, in like part of the philosophy, it's this idea that we choose 
our karma, we choose our family, we choose this mission, you know, all of that stuff. And so it's, it has a similar, um, sort of story to it. And this idea that we choose to come and like, learn all these lessons here. And that to me makes a whole lot of sense. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So anyway, thank you for breaking that down. Yeah. I think what's so cool about human design as well. And when I first started learning about it, 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 like similar to your journey, it was like, okay, I'm a projector. What does that mean? And then I just read like blanket articles about what a projector was. And, and I do resonate with it a lot, but it was really when I started unpacking that there's so much more. And this is where it reminds me of astrology as well, because kind of like you, most people are just familiar with their sun sign. It almost feels like your energy type is your sun sign, right? Like, okay, I'm a Libra, I'm a projector. But once I learned the rest of my astrology chart, it made so much sense. And similarly in human design, and I know what Ali and I are really interested in unpacking today with you is there's so many different types. Like for instance, I'm a two, five projector. Ali is a four, six generator. There are manifestation types, eating types, emotional types, um, different ways to respond or wait. So yes, I I'm like where to begin. Cause I know Ali and I are both really excited to unpack that, but maybe we can talk about, is it response types, right? I know projectors, is it all projectors are waiting for an invitation. And I know generators or Ali's type is responding. So what does that mean? And how do we do that? I guess we can start maybe there and then definitely excited to talk about numbers and manifestation types and emotions as well. Yeah. So what you're talking about is called your strategy in human design. So for projectors, it's, and, and know that human design, the original wording was in Spanish and maybe it didn't translate that well to English, or maybe the wording is just a little off. It was the eighties, who knows? But, um, yeah. So for projectors is wait for the invitation. It can also be create the invitation because a lot of projectors feel like, oh, so I'm just supposed to sit on my butt all the time and just wait for somebody to invite me to do something. Like I can't do anything by myself. And that is not very empowering. And I believe that human design is here to show us our light and give us permission to be who we know we are, not to ever make us feel like we're in a prison. So for projectors, here's how I think of it. You guys are like a bird on the branch and all the rest of us are scurrying around on the forest floor. You can see everything up there. You've got this penetrating energy. You see all the things. So imagine there's a squirrel running around looking for his nuts and you have an option. You can be like, you're like rolling your eyes, like mm-hmm, stupid squirrel the nuts are over there. And so you yell down, yo squirrel, your nuts are over there. The squirrel looks up and is like, who are you? Mind your own business. And like runs away without his nuts. Or see the squirrel's like scurrying around and he looks up and he's like, oh, hey, I bet you can see a lot from up there. And you're like, yes, I can. Well, do you happen to know where I left my nuts? And you're like, yes, your nuts are over there. And then the squirrel's like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. So what that whole like wait for the invitation or create the invitation is because the rest of us need to clear space for your wisdom to digest your wisdom. If we don't clear space, we basically reject it. We see it as a threat. 
It's so interesting when we've done these episodes, not just human design, but like episodes where we talk about maybe it's astrology, human design, whatever it might be, this idea of like personality stuff and doing it with your partner, your business partner or your friend or whomever, like, because Erica and I do this as in partnership, courageous wellness, it's fascinating listening to it about the other person. Cause sometimes it's like mind blowing. And it's one thing when you're listening to about yourself and you're like, yes, I really, really resonate with that. But the accuracy, Erica, would you, I mean, I call her, this is my, my joking name for her is like, she's like Morgan Freeman meets Malibu Barbie. And the reason <laughs> I say that is because she, like she's fun and California girl and, you know, bubbly. And then once in a while, it's like the voice of God comes out. And so, you know, in every movie, the voice of God is played by Morgan Freeman, which I mean by that is like deep wisdom where you're like, wow, you're speaking truth right now. And, and I just, I just think that's like, oh my gosh, that's, I see that. Do you see that in you? Oh, absolutely. And I also see that second part of like, when you deliver it, if people aren't ready, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's twofold because, and I also think this goes into my numbers, which I know we're going to go into numbers later, but it's twofold where it's either like people don't want to hear it at all. If I'm not invited, you know, um, or create the invitation or feel the invitation, something like that. I've also realized my invitation doesn't have to be verbal. It could be a look or an energy feeling as well. Intuition is my, um, I think energy it's how I react or something or splenic intuition, something like that, which again, we can get into, but, um, cause there's many types, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's either, it can be received really well with people like Ali or good, good quality friendships and partnerships, but it can also be very rejected. And, and in addition to that, I also have found myself trapped in like a lot of people, which again, I think brings me back to numbers. Um, using is the wrong word, but like very much my, my role in relationship is giving everything and not necessarily receiving. Like someone will be like, well, what do you think? What do you think? Give me, give me, give me. And that was something I had to really learn and unpack. Cause a lot of, a lot of my relationships from the time I was young until the time I reap, like in my twenties, when I really like awakened to that even before learning about human design was just creating boundaries and making sure I'm receiving as, as much as I'm giving or that my gifts are validated and not just being taken, if that makes sense at all. Um, but I really relate to it so much. Yeah. Okay. So I have so much to say, first of all, Erica, that I think that, all right, on one hand, you're getting so many invitations and then on the other, you're a two five and you're like, I'm just doing my own thing. Okay just leave me alone. I'm doing my own thing. But everyone's like, but I'm your best friend. And you're like, no, really? I'm just doing my own thing. <laughs> and then Allie, I just wanted to say, yes, my favorite thing. One of my favorite things. I have a lot of favorite things. Um, one of my favorite things is doing partner readings for business partners because you guys do know each other so well and see each other so well. And you're trying to like, not capitalize, but like maximize each other's strengths and work with each other. And sometimes it's about, um, like show admitting to your business partner and not in a, like, 
um, victim-y sort of way, but just being like, look, you are really good at this thing. I am not. Will you please take over this part of the business? And that's something that comes out in the partner readings. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And that's something that Erica and I have, like, I think that has worked for us is that we recognize each other's and our own strengths and weaknesses. And it's not even like, even sometimes for, well, for me, this makes sense too, but like, sometimes it's like, okay, I know I just need to do this, but like, I, even if I can do it, I hate doing it (laughs) or whatever. And sometimes in in business there's compromise, but I think like, I don't know with my types, I know that there's a sense of like, when you feel like most aligned, when you feel really satisfied with the work that you're doing or really frustrated, like those are my two, I don't know what they're called, but those, and I, I deeply relate to that. Um, well, and and so the strategy then for, and I think you mentioned before recording that you have the same strategy of responding. What is that like? Is it just you respond immediately? What, how does that look in, in the world? (laughs) Okay. So Um, yeah, the strategy for projectors is to, let's call it, create the invitation because it's way better than wait for the invitation. And the strategy for generators and manifesting generators is technically the wait to respond. Let's just say it's to respond because the universe is our personal shopper. The universe is constantly bringing us things and it's our job to respond with our bodies and be like, yes, I want that. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. Or uh-uh, I'm just not that into it. And we become frustrated when we try and figure it out. We are so not here. This is generators and manifesting generators. We are here to live in the unknown. We have no idea what's coming next because the universe is out there shopping for us. We don't know what it's going to bring back we get frustrated when we try and figure it out. So I mentioned before we started recording that my husband and I know that we're going to move, but we have absolutely no idea where we're going to move to. And we were both manifesting generators and we took a little trip over the summer just for a week. And we're like trying to feel into a couple other places. And of course, as we were feeling into it, we started wondering like, well, does this have all the things we want? Like we were trying to figure it out. And then guess what happened? We got frustrated and I, I got so excited. I was like, look at this. We're frustrated. He was not as excited about it. Um, but then actually we were walking on the beach and someone had written the word faith on in the sand. And I was like, would you see, look, it's for us. We just need to trust. I feel like generators and manifesting generated generators really signed up for trust class here in our school. Yes. I can relate to that a lot. <laughs> yes. That it reminds me too, just cause you were talking about, right. Like how to wait for the invitation or how to respond. And, and I love creating the invitation so much more, but we have all these different, um, strategies, but then there's also different manifestation types as well in human design. Is there only two specific and non-specific? There's two, but then there's another aspect of it. Okay. Well, cause maybe you can break that down. Cause I know Allie is non-specific. I'm specific. And, um, I know manifestation is such a buzzy word. So I'm so interested in how human design and manifestation come together. Yes. 
So yeah, there's specific and non-specific, and then there's being a passive manifester or an active manifester. So I'm a non-specific manifester as well. So when I give examples of specific manifesting, they're kind of funny to me because I, I'm not embodying it. So a specific manifester is what we hear about when we're talking about what how to manifest. It's like your traditional law of attraction gets super specific about what you want about. And like, you know, if it's a new job, get specific about how much money you're going to make, what your day is going to look like, what you're going to wear to work, what the place smells like, what you're going to have for lunch every day, who your colleagues are, even down to their names, get into all of those specifics, put your order into the universe. And then the universe provides a non-specific manifester we're like, Hey universe. So for instance, for me, like I'd like to move somewhere else. Show me it's basically what I say as a non-specific manifester is universe, please bring me up abundance for being my authentic self. It's none of our business. Like, like there's a, there's a wrapped package sitting in front of us and it is none of our business. What's in that package. That's the universe decides. And it's, I love being non-specific because I'm like the universe always knows so much better than I do. It always brings something way better than I even, because it's something that I didn't even know existed. Now for an active manifester, these are the people that will be meditating on what they want. They are maybe doing the vision boarding. They're, they're just like really actively engaged in bringing their manifestation to fruition. A passive manifester, no. Passive manifester has like said what they want in a specific way or a really vague way and then just gets out of the way. And this was so validating for me because I'm passive and was people would be like, so what are you manifesting now? And I was like, well, I still think we're going to move, but I don't know where that is. Like, I don't know how to answer the question. Yeah. It's, I like how specific it gets because we are all different, you know, and it kind of gets into those nuances. It seems like it is the more I learn about human design is that it has ways to get into the nuances of, of being human and, um, and understanding ourselves in a different way. It's yeah. validating. Yeah. It's, it's validating. And it keeps us from telling other people that they're doing life wrong. Because mm-hmm. what yes. I see about human design is like we own and celebrate and share our unique gifts. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of learning what they are. And then we celebrate other people as they're sharing their unique gifts. Yeah. And when we all are doing that, then we come together and we rise. Yeah. I love that. You know, so as you might know, Erica and I are integrative nutrition health coaches. We focus a lot on gut health and hormone health. And it's a, it's a passion of ours. Um, sort of like another leg of courageous wellness, but, um, I'm really fascinated with that being said that there's digestion types, right. With human design. So can you talk to us a little bit about that? I know that, um, Erica, you're consecutive, right. And I am calm, calm touch, you said, or calm atmosphere. Calm touch. Okay. Can you touch on to like what other ones they are? I think my husband or my brother is like light and low sound and different things like that. It's just so interesting. Yeah. So there are 12 different types kind of broken into like six different categories because it depends on if you have an active or a passive brain. Okay. 
Um, but like consecutive appetite is that you eat one thing at a time. And Erica, I'm actually really curious. I don't think I've ever talked to anyone who's aligned with their body and everything and knows consecutive appetite. So how does it show up for you? What does it feel like? I, it, it's so accurate. It's crazy. And I don't always live in it. And I guess I didn't, I didn't always, I'm trying more now that I've discovered it. Um, but for me, I will literally eat the same thing every single day for breakfast and lunch for weeks at a time. And then I'll rotate to the next thing that I will continue eating. So like, for instance, just the last couple of weeks, I've been eating bone broth ramen with kale and mushrooms almost every single day for at least lunch or dinner. And I've had the same breakfast. It's like, I have three rotations of a breakfast. I have like three rotations of a lunch and same, I kind of have three rotations of a dinner, but it's interesting because I think what goes along with that is like simplicity. So it's also making me think when I go out to dinner or I'm outside, um, how to order to like be as simple as possible, even if you're going out and enjoying, there's ways to do that. But I definitely relate to it and how I eat at home when I cook. It's, it's wild. <laughs> it's really yeah. wild for you guys. It's also about like, like the three ingredient meal instead of the 20 ingredient meal, like as much, that's the simplicity. It's that's in like, me. <laughs> yeah. Or even like just one thing, like, especially as a projector, like I'm going to sit down, let's not label it a meal, but I'm going to eat some pineapple now. And then like, okay, now I'm going to eat a piece of toast and like, you know, avocado toast, but not loaded avocado toast, just avocado on bread. I, that it resonates so much. And I used to think it's interesting, not that I'd be like, well, I'm just not adventurous or I'm just, you know, but, um, yeah, like that bone broth ramen is bone broth, uh, Lotus foods, noodles and kale and mushrooms. So that's four. That's literally all that's in there. And same with my yogurt bowls or my waffles. It's, it's very simple. Yeah. So crazy. So I can't believe there's 12 of them though. It's really, I hope anyone listening is also inspired to find out theirs as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and I have taste digestion, which is really similar to consecutive in that I too, I mean, I, before I understood this, I'd be like, yeah, I get in ruts. Yes. I do need to have my kale salad tonight. Why would you ever suggest having something else? I'd be like appalled at the suggestion that I have something else. Like I need that. And I noticed that I, um, I used to have this post-workout smoothie. It had I have more ingredients in my life than you do, but for like, like four years, five years, every single day. Wow. And then it was just this summer that one day I was like, this is really sweet. Mm. And the next day I found myself choking it down. I was like, I don't want this. And yeah, now it's dead to me. Well, and since human design is supposed to be so empowering, so just to play, like, what if your type, right? Like Allie's is calm, or, um, I think my husband's is low sound or something like those types of things. But what if you find a lot of joy in like watching TV or a movie while you're eating? Or what if you find a lot of joy in like a 
like a party environment. I don't know the opposite of calm. I'm thinking party, right? Not that that's Allie at all. She does have like a very, like she's a cook and a chef and she creates these beautiful meals that we eat, you know, outside on her deck in this like lovely atmosphere. But, um, but just because it's supposed to be this empowering tool, what if you do love to watch a movie or TV with dinner, but your type goes against that, right? If it's more calm or more low sound or something like that. So I love that you asked that question because it can get really confusing, especially with the calm touch because yeah, it's like no external stimuli for calm touch, except that maybe listening to a podcast or watching a show is really calming for you. In which case that's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. I like to listen to jazz. Like, to be honest, I know that sounds like really, really, really on the nose, but like, it's my favorite thing. Like if the news is on in the background, I'm like, turn it off. Like I, it's just, and then I just listen to like, when we put on instrumental jazz in my house at dinner, it's like my favorite thing. It's just like, I mean, it's like, it sounds really cliche, but now that I know this about myself, I'm like, oh yeah. And from a nutrition standpoint and like, physical health standpoint, I find that I'm the most present in my like eating experience and in the most sort of, um, like just in, enjoy having the most enjoyment, uh, and make, and the, am the most conscious when I have a really, really peaceful environment around a meal. And I don't usually have that for breakfast or lunch. It's really kind of like a dinner thing. Um, it's really, it's interesting though, but that's something that like, I feel I need to be really intentional about mm. and it feels different. And so if we can, you know, there's so much again, there's actually two more items. I think Ali and I would love to really unpack with you. I think numbers and emotion types, but with emotions, are there just, you can be emotional or non-emotional. And Ali and I are both non-emotional. And I actually have friends who are very into human design who have, I actually feel non-emotional like that. I feel like is accurate to describe me. Um, however, I do have friends who are also non-emotional types and feel like they are very emotional beings. So, and, and I've heard that, that emotional and non-emotional are very different. If, depending on which one you are. So maybe we can unpack those and are they the only two again to be? <laughs> yes. Okay. So I've heard it said that emotional versus non-emotional were different species. And I was actually talking about this with my husband yesterday. And we realized that the defined who, if you have a defined center, it feels like you have a different, you are a different species than someone with an open center. I think for all of the centers and whether you're emotional or non-emotional just has to do with whether or not you have a defined or an undefined solar plexus. So I am emotional, but there are four different emotional waves. So all emotional people, like there's four different types within that. Um, and a, a non-emotional, you guys are empaths. You are feeling and amplifying everyone else's emotions. And if you are, if you're by yourself a lot, still, you're going to feel the emotions of the collective, but your natural state is calm, cool, and collected. And so you're going to be able to maintain that. And when you're with somebody else who's non-emotional, you're also going to be able to maintain that calm, cool, collectedness. If a non-emotional lives with people with emotional waves, 
they are going to be constantly amplifying those waves. And like the person with the emotional wave might be at like a four out of 10. And then the non-emotional feels that as a nine out of 10. And they're just like, all of a sudden they're really upset and they have no idea where it came from. Meanwhile, the emotional person is like, I might be in an emotional wave. Oh my God. My brother is emotional. He's an emotional projector and um, I'm a non-emotional. And when like, he makes me feel so emotional all the time. It's so like hearing that I'm like, oh my goodness. Um, so what do you do then to protect yourself from other people's? And that must be right. Like my friend must, who's like, I'm so emotional all the time must be with people who are very emotional. Right. So how, if you are, but then Allie and I, right. We are so aligned. Like we are very calm and like, it works very well in business us both being non-emotionals and supportive of each other in that way. And my husband's actually a non-emotional projector as well. So, but for non-emotionals who like deal with emotional people, what do we do to protect ourselves from their emotions? We want to take a quick break from today's episode to talk about our sponsor, Ned. If you have listened to this podcast, then you know I struggle with anxiety. When I first learned about CBD being a natural and powerful solution to anxiety, sleep disorders, muscle pain, headaches, and so much more, I became very passionate about finding the best source to put in my body. Enter Ned. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil is USDA certified organic, extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants, grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Paonia, Colorado. And I use the products daily to support my anxiety, and it's just been so helpful in dealing with the daily stressors of life. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. Right now, we are both really enjoying Ned's brand new product, which has been in development for over a year, the De-Stress Blend. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp. And check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health, and cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Ned's quality also speaks for itself. Ned's products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on Courageous Wellness. If you want to try the new De-Stress Blend from Ned, a brand that we love and trust, we have a special offer for the Courageous Wellness audience. Courageous Wellness listeners get 20% off Ned products with code CWPODCAST. And when you spend more than $150, Ned is throwing in free gifts with every order. 
visit helloned.com slash CW podcast to get access. That's H E L L O N E D.com slash CW podcast to get 20% off plus a free gift with orders over $150. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring this show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. We are so excited to offer our listeners a new discount to one of the best probiotic supplements on the market, Seed. Whether you are a Patreon member in our nutrition community or a regular listener of the podcast, you know that Allie and I are both very serious when it comes to the importance of gut health and building a thriving microbiome. I personally have been using seed for months and have noticed a big difference in my digestion and bloating. I am now devoted to taking seed every morning before food and I'm really excited to share their daily symbiotic with our audience. The formulation of the daily symbiotic combines a probiotic and prebiotic, is vegan and gluten-free, and includes 24 clinically studied naturally occurring strains not found in yogurt or fermented foods and beverages, and lives up to the highest standards for human and planetary health. Yes. In addition to being a really reliable probiotic and prebiotic supplement, Seed is committed to creating science-based education for all those that partner with them through accountable advertising at Seed University. This is where we are all committed to not spreading misinformation about health on the internet, which is pretty important. Also, I personally love their commitment to sustainability with a refill system and all recyclable or biodegradable packaging materials. Erica and I only advertise products that we use and feel are of benefit to us and by extension could be of value to our community. If you would like to order Seed Daily Symbiotics to incorporate into your own gut health routine, go to seed.com and use Courageous15 at checkout for 15% off or click on the link in our show notes or the link tree on Instagram. Well, I think, so first of all, there's a difference between feelings and emotions in human design. A feeling comes from a thought. So if you're like, it's sunny today and I'm so happy, then that is a thought that creates a feeling. We all have the potential to have feelings. Then emotions have no thoughts associated with them. They come out of the blue. Okay. So if you are a non-emotional feeling and amplifying somebody else's emotions, the first step is to recognize that it's not yours know that you're holding their emotions is not going to help them. Your processing their emotions is not going to help them. The only, if you are very close to this person and it is appropriate for your relationship and it feels good to do this, you may be able to help them by being like, Hey, are you in an emotional wave? Just because once an emotional being recognizes that they're in an emotional wave, that emotional wave is going to last 24 hours. And we want to kind of step back from life and be like, okay, I'm not going to create anything right now. I'm not going to like pitch myself in any way right now because it's the universe pushing me into divine timing. Okay. So once you've maybe asked the emotional person, if they're in an emotional wave, your next step is to just say, please return to sender with compassion. You don't need to feel that you can come back to your calm, cool and collected space. That's yeah. It's interesting. It is empowering. It's, it's learning too. I think 
when you learn this about yourself, you can set those boundaries and understand like, Hey, I need to set a boundary right now because it's not helping that person. It's not really helping me and what, what I can do. It's like an empowering way rather than trying to, you know, fix it or change it or change them because you don't want to feel a certain way or whatever that might be, because those are also like codependent patterns too. But it's interesting because it gives you a, um, it gives you a perspective on why those dynamics happen sometimes with certain people rather than with other people. And understanding that point where you're like, you amplify it because, um, I've, I've been in situations with my brother where like, I am, I do amplify it where he's like, Oh, what I said to you or what I was feeling wasn't the way you took it or what you made it to be. But I feel it like times a million. Like I, or I, or I guess I don't, I don't know if that's feeling, but when somebody is in a heightened emotional state, I do feel it like tremendously. And there are certain people where I either like can shut it off and have been told I'm cold or I amplify it. And I'm like, I'm kind of a psychopath. So it's like, it's one of the two, it's usually the disconnect, but with like close family or very, you know, it's like you, you, you do, I can amplify it. So I can really relate to just that, that what you just said. And it is very empowering where now that I can have the awareness of it, I think that's what I love about human design, as you said, is it is so empowering. Cause once you have the awareness, you can take appropriate steps to not lose your shit. Basically. Exactly. And if for somebody who has, um, more defined centers in their chart and they have an open emotional center, they're going to feel that energy even more. So like, you know, someone, a reflector or someone with only like a, or sorry, with like seven emotional or seven open centers is going to feel that everyone else's energy spread out a bit, but the fewer open centers you have, the more it's going to be concentrated in those centers. So that even amplifies feeling the emotions even more. Wow. Wow. So interesting. Okay. So the last thing I definitely want to touch on Erica mentioned before is this idea of numbers in the chart. Um, so can you tell us just generally, like, what are they and what do they mean? Yeah. And you're talking about the profiles, right? Like, yeah. Yes. And four, six. Like, yes. For, for an example too, for anybody who, um, is unfamiliar, like I'm a, uh, two, five projector. My husband's a two, four projector. My brother is a one, three projector, right? So we have these numbers next to our sign. So I almost think of it, which could be wrong as like your sun, moon and rising sign, right? Like you have all these different, but that could be totally wrong, but please, um, take it away and enlighten us. (laughs) Yeah. So actually the thing I love about human design and astrology is it's all in both of the charts, but it doesn't line up perfectly. I'll be learning something about my astrology and I'm like, oh, that's my four line. And oh, that's my gate 32 or, you know, it's, it's like scattered all over the place. Okay. So our profile, that number it's it's said the way we've been saying it, it's not a fraction. Sometimes people will be like, I don't know what the one third means. And that's one three. Um, and your profile describes how you are supposed to do what you're here to do. So for instance, a four, six, 
which is my type as well. So I happen to know it best. Um, four sixes, we are here for deep connection with our people. We are not here to convert the non-believers. So if somebody shows that they're not our person, just let them go. We absolutely positively are not supposed to try to convince them. And with our profile, that first number is the one we really truly resonate with. So Ali and I really truly resonate with that four. Erica, you resonate with that too. The second number is the one other people see in us more. So the four, six is interesting. Well, the two, five, we kind of talked about this as well too. Like you want to be by yourself. And it, it, this is the two, five profile. You want to be by yourself and everyone else thinks you want to connect with them. The four, six is like, we think we just want the deep connections. We're like, oh my God, human, I love you. And they see us as a role model. And the six line changes throughout our lives. But one of the interesting things, especially for four, six business owners is we are speaking to our people like you're my you're my people i i want to just i want to how are you like i want to connect deeply like heart to heart we have no shallow end we're actually so horrible with small talk we are not here for it and it's best to have someone in your life to cover that stuff cuz we'll just be like oh nice to meet you so how's your soul and that's not appropriate apparently so have a person who can care, like cover in those instances. But that six line, people feel it as an authority. So they think like, oh, she's a strong woman. She's got, she doesn't need help. She like, you know, send out an email and crickets because why are you going to write back to that email? Because you're getting the email from an authority. Allie, I'm thinking that resonates with you. <laughs> I've had this conversation with Erica before about a lot of what you're talking about. And, um, yeah, we'll be like, I, I'm not, I haven't heard back from this person. Like, I don't think there's any, there's nothing wrong. There was no, there was nothing falling out. Like there's nothing, but it's like, hello, you know, like, and often yeah, I, and I'm like, what is it? You know, um, so fascinating. Yes. Well, it resonates with me. So then, so you could be like, for instance, I'm a two, five projector, but you could be a two, five generator. So then do the numbers manifest differently based on the type you are as well? Yes. And, um, like for instance, Allie and I, because yeah. we're both four sixes, we have more in common than she might have with other generators than I but might have with other MGs. That was going to be my next question because I realized my husband and I are both, we, he's a two, four, but I'm a two, five and we're both projectors. So we, that two is very important that we have together. Is that true? Right. Together apart. Yes. Oh, together apart. Because you're both we both in... like to be alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we are, we're actually like, we're both such independent people and we like it. It's just, yeah, it works like so well, because we're both like fiercely, there's like a quote in Buddhism that I've always related to where it's like, love isn't two people clinging to each other. It's two people running side by side and we run side by side, right? Like that is our relationship. Um, but yeah, we're both twos. <laughs> so we both are great by ourselves. <laughs> I'm married to a two, four as well is, is your two, four, is he really good at everything? Mm, yeah, he is. He's, uh, he's good at everything he wants to 
accomplish for sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But he, two fours don't always see that in themselves. In fact, yes. they can't see themselves at all. Oh my God. I know I'm going to have to make him listen to this episode. <laughs> okay. So this is what he needs to know. <laughs> People are going to tell him that he's good at things. They're not joking. Mm-hmm. They're not just like try- being kind. They're legit saying you're really good at this. And he needs to believe that and embody it so that he can see that in himself. He is mm-hmm. incapable of seeing that he's good at something all by himself. He needs somebody to call him out on it. Yeah. I'm a good, I'm a good cheerleader hype woman for sure. (laughs) You're a good hype woman in general, Erica. Yeah. I was going to say now I'm fascinated. I have to do my guys. Um, Oh, I've done everybody. I hope everyone (laughs) I'll give you his info later. You can, you can do it for me. I mean, I mean, I did Allie's like, the more I get into human design, the more I need to know every single person in my life's chart, because it is, it's so fascinating. Like learning that about my husband's name is Jeff, but learning that about Jeff and learning about it just, it all makes so much sense. And you can really figure out how to support one another in such a different way. And, um, and yeah, everything manifests in different ways, you know, but it makes, it just makes so much sense. So, um, yeah, I hope everyone is inspired to, uh, work with you, learn from you, look up their own chart. It, it is really, um, interesting. There is too, this isn't human design related, but something Ali and I both found so interesting when doing our research about you too, is that you're off social media. Can you talk about that a little bit? Cause Allie and I, when we were talking before we were like, we're, we're a little envious. Like how I had, I had deep envy when I saw that. And I was like, Whoa, what, am, what is that saying to me? And then I'm yes, we'd love to hear why. And we'd love to hear how, and we'd love to hear how is it going. A, yeah. How <laughs> as a business owner, you know, like too, right. Because so much, so much, there's so much business pressure to be on social media as well. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I'm a year and a half into my social media retirement and I now am like, no, no. Like I hear the business pressure to get on social media and I kind of giggle because I'm like, that is so not true. Um, so I went on social media. I actually, it was like right when cancel culture started getting really big, I was already starting to realize, wait a second. Like I'd post something and someone would comment congratulations and it wouldn't be something that, that like that was an inappropriate comment. And I was like, wait a second, people like aren't reading. They're not reading the whole thing. They're not getting the message that I'm trying to get across. And actually after I went off, I then read some, someone else who's like, people are reading your social media posts when they're on the toilet or they're reading them while they're trying to numb out from like a fight with their mom. And these are not people who are, they're not going to buy anything for you. So stop marketing on social media. And I was like, oh yes, yes. Oh, I'm never going back. And how am like, okay, wait, first of all, how did I do it? Um, I just walked away. I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing that because I didn't tell anyone, which is such like the manifester side of me. I'm supposed to inform and I did not inform. I was just Kelsey out. (laughs) And then I had to kind of backtrack and I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I had posted in the profile originally, I'm no longer here, reach out to me on email. And then I realized people were still going on there. And I told my assistant, we need to make a, like a, a graphic that says I'm not here. 
So I did that. And this is just a funny story. She made like one that's like, Hey love, I'm not here. And then a little bigger font. Hey love, I'm not here. And then bigger font. I'm not here. Bigger font. I'm not here. And as I was sharing with my husband, he's like, this just reads as like a passive aggressive, like I'm not here. Hey love, I'm not here. I'm not here. I'm not here. Yo bitches. I'm not here. And the funny thing is I have heard that tons of people have liked and commented on that post. Um, so people may not still grasp the fact that I'm not there, but I'm really, truly not there. And I, it's like, I don't necessarily see when someone is coming into my business, like as a new client comes, I can't, I'm not seeing the hint of, cause I also don't look at who opens my emails. That is not good for my head. Um, so I have no idea when someone pops in like they book a session. I'm like, Oh my goodness. It's a total surprise. And I do love surprises, non-specific manifester. And it's, it's not, it's like totally against everything you're supposed to do strategy wise in business. And I'm not built for strategy. Wow. So how then do for, for anybody listening who is an entrepreneur who has their own business, who's like, I want to get off social media. How do you do it and market your business then? Is it just, I mean, obviously social media has only been around like this for a decade at most. Right. So people did it before. Um, so is that kind of the vibe is where it's just like classic marketing as opposed to the social media, digital marketing? Well, it's interesting. Actually, I didn't think of this until right now, as you mentioned in the word marketing. And I was like, Oh, it's actually not this is as a four, six, it's not so much about marketing. It's about providing gold. So like, it's about deep podcast conversations. It's about my blog posts and emails, which are the same thing. Um, and just like providing value in those. And the universe is so sassy and I don't really know what's up with this yet, but, uh, where I'm not, I become a really big deal. Like for instance, my assistant has made me a Pinterest account. I don't know the login information, never been there. Apparently I'm really popular. Um, over in, I've got a bunch of meditations on insight timer and the universe got really sassy for a while and I could not log in. So I couldn't get in, couldn't get in. And then I hadn't been in for like six weeks and I get a notification that my meditation was going to be the featured meditation for that day. And I'm like, Oh, once again, I'm a really big deal where I'm not. And it just, this keeps showing up for me. And I'm like, huh, like the times, like I, I wasn't feeling well for a few weeks, didn't send out an email, got like 10 new clients in that time. And I'm like, oh, this is so funny. We're taught, like, you got to keep, people aren't going to know that you exist if you're not constantly telling them. And yet it's when I'm quiet that they show up. That's really, that's like the, um, responding, waiting for it in a sense, like not like sitting, waiting, but waiting for the opportunities that you can then say yes or no to rather than that active, like going after hustle kind of thing. And I, as we are similar in this sense, I deeply relate to that because I find that when I feel all of a sudden, some sort of frantic external pressure to like be quote unquote hustling more, it's way less with way less ease. Um, it's way less quote unquote. I, I mean, I'm using this sort of like 
language is sort of like capitalist language, but it's way less productive. It's productive from an energy standpoint. I don't even mean like, um, and I find that sometimes when I get into that space, it's like fear-based rather than just faith, trust, as you were saying that trusting. And when I'm like, you know what, it's going to be great. Then it's like when it rains, it pours. And then mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and it's like, you have your choice, as you said, like the universe shops and you have your choice. And I say, yes, no, I'm getting better at saying no, that's, that's an mm-hmm. interesting thing. I'm getting better at saying, even though this is a good opportunity, it's not the opportunity I feel aligned with right now and trusting mm-hmm. that I can make that decision. But hearing you, I'm like really inspired by this, that you say like, Hey, I don't feel aligned with social media. I don't necessarily want to be here and need to be here. And look, all this, these clients have shown up for me. It's, it's almost like human design is, um, in a way like the great unlearn because you, we have all this societal pressure. And then when you're able to unpack your type, you realize that that's not the best way for you to live and share your gifts. I think even projectors are only supposed to work in like four hour spurts. Like you're not like they're supposed to work in two. It's supposed to be like very short bursts and then lots of rest. And I resonate with that so much, but, um, it's, it's not what society, like you said, Ali, hustle culture is like, nope, got to keep going. Or, you know, value and productivity. We've talked so much about that where it's like our value just is because we exist and we're human beings, you know, it's not because of what we make necessarily, unless we're creating value in the world. So, um, Anyway, thank you. This has been really insightful. And I'm just curious too, like now that you have a deep understanding and you help other people, um, with their human design. And actually this is a two-parter. I would love to hear what that process is like. So if someone wants to work with you, what sort of offerings or what that experience might be like. Um, but also part one, how do you feel like it really helps you live the kind of life you want to now that you have a deep understanding of human design and your own human design. Mm, Okay. So, so much. I'm going to start with me. Um, because I'm a Libra and I, you know, I love to talk about myself. Yes. Libra (laughs) Um, power. (laughs) Absolutely. So I showed you the example. That was an interesting choice of words, but told you the example about looking for a new place to live and remembering like, oh, we're frustrated. Okay. Out of alignment that when I learned that I'm a non-specific manifester too, I, that I had been working with a business coach at that time who kept being like, Kelsey, you got to get super specific. And finally, after weeks of her telling me that I was like, fine, I'll get super specific, even though I like couldn't really, but I forced myself to do it. And then it was horrible. I got super specific and it was like the universe slammed on the brakes. I was told like at crickets, like I felt disconnected. I felt completely out of flow. And then I learned that non-specific manifestors, when you get specific, you're going to knock yourself out of flow. I'm like, oh, that is true. That is exactly what I did. It reminds me, so human design, my understanding, my human design. Oh my goodness. I give myself so much more grace and I trust like my sun personality gate, which is something that we didn't talk about, but it's like the, your biggest, so our souls chose all these golden nuggets for us. And one of those golden nuggets is diamond encrusted. And that's our sun personality gate. And that is like, when you don't know what to do, lean into that. 
So mine is being intuitive for other people. I, if you told me 10, 15 years ago that that was my like big part of my purpose, I would have so ducked and, and run like, what are you talking about? I'm not intuitive. And then, but the last like five years, probably five years before I started learning human design, I started learning, like I am intuitive. I am intuitive. And so that when I learned that bit about myself, I just kind of laughed with knowing and knowing that it's a big part of my human design. It gives me permission to like, all right, lean into this, right? You have this gift, use it. It is a game changer. Is it game changer with my relationship with my husband? It I love it. It's a game changer with people that I'm not close to and don't really like. Cause if I look up their chart, I'm like, Oh, you know, I, it helps me love them from a distance more. Cause I'm like, they are using this. They are totally living their design right now. And in some cases, wow, they are so not living their design. It's just no wonder it doesn't feel good to be around them. Oh, the process of working with me. Is that your other question? Okay. So regular human design readings, like a one-on-one reading where we dig into all the things about your chart. So we'll go over your digestion type, your environment, all the nitty gritty, all of your gifts, your profile, your energy type, manifesting style, all of that. And as I mentioned earlier, partner readings as well. And then I do private sessions, which is I'm a professional coach as well. So we use your design to coach around whatever you need coaching around. Very cool. Yeah. Fabulous. And I love that. I feel the same. Just learning the little bits I have learned gives you so much permission to be and exist. Um, thank you for everything you've shared with us today. I mean, gosh, I know we could talk for another hour about all of this, so we might need to have you back for a part two someday. Um, but right now, as we begin to wrap up, we always ask three questions. And the first of the three questions is what are some of your self-care non-negotiables and some of your self-care practices? Mm, I have, I call it my ride or die morning routine. It's been like five or six years now where I start every day with, I go outside, toes in the grass, greet the day, thank it, thank the universe, thank mama earth, thank father sky for a brand new day and kind of hand over anything that needs to be handed over. And then I come inside and I meditate and I do activation exercises. Oh, and there's, I drink my warm lemon water while I'm out there in the grass. So that's, (laughs) that's my like number one, but I also have plenty of other little things. Like I have a lot of, I pick up marbles with my toes every night and I've been doing that for a really long time because I was told that I had inflexible feet. And then once I started doing picking up the marbles, I was told I no longer had problem feet and yeah, you're going to have to keep doing this for your whole life. So I'm a total pro. If this ever ends up being, there's ever competitive, like toe marbling, I guess we'd call it. I'm I've been training. I'm really good at that. That's hilarious. Thank you. Um, and then the second question is what does being courageous mean to you? Mm. It means trusting your body, remembering that your body is where your wisdom lies. And when we listen, it always tells us the truth. It always tells us where to go. And most of the time, yeah, all the voices in our culture are not telling us to go that way. And a lot of times they're telling us to go the opposite way. And it's being brave enough 
to really, truly listen to that. Mm, So beautiful. And then the last question we always ask is, do you have a book that has been particularly inspiring to you along your journey on any topic? Oh my goodness. That's a hard one. So many books. I have to think on this for a second. I have learned, I I don't know. It seems like such a duh to me, but I have learned recently that I learn through story. I do not learn through your traditional, like, tell me what to do kind of self-help books. And so I'm going to kind of embarrassingly share the books I keep reading that I love are, um, it sounds even more ridiculous as I say it out loud. It's this series called the Dalai Lama's cat. And there are all these books on Buddhism, but it's told through the fictional story of the Dalai Lama's cat. And I just love them. We're going to, we're going to definitely, definitely check that out as two Buddhist girls here. And yeah. And as a cat lover, and that just sounds so fun. That's like one of the coolest recommendations. So thank you so much for sharing that. So if anyone wants to work with you, find you, subscribe to your newsletter, read your blog, where can they do all the things? All the things are at KelseyAbbott.com. And don't like, I'm not there on social media. So you might find some stuff of mine. Enjoy it. You'll find more goodies on KelseyAbbott.com. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Thank you guys so much. This has been so fun. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.